I wanted to introduce a friend to you. Do you know him? His name is Iwan Rob. Iwan is from Cardigan originally. The last couple of years he's been in Cardiff as a student and recently he's moved to Amford. He's moved in with Malcolm in church and he's come to Amford to be the new Rachel Duckworth, the new church intern here in Amford. Did you know him already? Do you think that you know him now? Hopefully you know something about him. Presumably you will have heard us speaking about Iwan previously when we were planning and preparing for him to move down to Amford to take on this role. But do you know him? I think you'll know about him. But really to know him would require meeting him, having him come to you and introducing himself. Maybe all that he would do would be to come and repeat that information that I've shared with you. But at the end of that encounter, you'd be able to say, I think, you know him. Now, as a church, we have this mission, don't we? We have this motto that we're all about knowing Jesus more and making Jesus more known. And it is outstanding that in each and every one of our lives, we can think of, we can name individuals who have spoken of Jesus to us, who have taken the time and the energy and the effort to tell us about Jesus. But you know, others telling us about God, others telling us about Jesus will only inform our minds. It won't make it so that we know him. In fact, for us to know God, for us to know Jesus, he has to introduce himself to us. Just as with Iwan Rob, I can tell you all manners of facts and, and figures. I can describe his appearance. I can tell you about his family and his upbringing and what have you. You'd know about him, but he would need to come and, and maybe even share that exact same information. And then you'd be able to say, oh, Iwan, Iwan Rob, yeah, I know him. And isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful for us that when we come to our Bibles, we read story after story after story of God being the sort of God who introduces himself to people like you and me. In the beginning, in the garden, Adam and Eve, the story goes that God is there with them, walking and talking and introducing. You turn through the pages of your Bible, you come to the story of Abraham. Abraham, who was a nobody from nowhere, and yet God comes and introduces himself, and all of a sudden Abraham is a someone who is sent somewhere. Jacob, uh, Abraham's grandson, a, scan a scandal of a man, a scally, someone who would rob his own flesh and blood to benefit himself. God introduces himself. And Jacob comes to know God. Over the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, we're going to be looking at the I am statements of Jesus. When Jesus walked and talked and ministered in our world, how he explained himself to those he encountered, how he introduced himself to those he met. But there is an I am statement, an I am story that way predates Jesus walking around Galilee. 
And it's a really famous story of God introducing himself to someone. It's the story of Moses and the burning bush. And it's found in Exodus chapter 3. If you have a Bible, turn to Exodus chapter 3. And we're going to read it in its entirety together. Now for context, this God who has introduced himself to the likes of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Um, this God now has promised that the people, the, the family, the children of Israel, Jacob, that's his other name, who have gone down into Egypt because of famine, will one day come out and reclaim the land that he has given them. There have been centuries that have passed since that promise has made, been made, since God introduced himself to Jacob and Jacob's family. And the people in Egypt, they are enslaved, they are hard-pressed, their, their children are being massacred. Life is awful. Moses, seeing how awful this life had become for the people of Israel there in Egypt, had in his own strength and his own desires wanted to, to lead a rebellion, if you like, to, to, to rise up and, and, and to rule with the people. That went terribly wrong and Moses had to go and live in the wilderness, uh, a known murderer as he had become. And that's where we are when God chooses to introduce himself to Moses. Exodus 3, verse 1. Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. And as Moses looked, he saw that this bush was on fire, but it was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses responded, here I am. Do not come any closer, he said. Remove from your uh, feet your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he continued, I am the God of your father. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God who has introduced himself all these times before. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt and I have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. I have come down now to rescue them. To rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from that land to a good and spacious place. A land flowing with milk and honey. The territory of the Canaanites, the Hethites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. So because the Israelites cry for help has come to me. I've also seen the way that the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore go, I am sending you to them. I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses asked God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God responded, I will certainly be with you. 
And this will be the sign to you that I am the one who sent you. When you've done it, when you bring the people out of Egypt, you will all worship me here at this very mountain. And then Moses asked God, if I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also sent to Moses, say this to the Israelites, the Lord, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is how I am to be remembered in every generation. Go and assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your father, of God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob has appeared to me and said, I have paid close attention to you and to what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised you that I will bring you up from the misery of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. They will listen to what you say. Then you, along with the elders of Israel, must go to the king of Egypt and say, The Lord, Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Now please, let us go on a three-day trip into the wilderness so that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. However, I know, I know that the king of Egypt will not allow you to go, even under force from a strong hand. But when I stretch out my hand, and strike Egypt with all the miracles that I will perform in it. After that, he will let you go. And I will give these people such favour with the Egyptians that when you go, you will not go empty-handed. Each woman will ask her neighbour and any woman staying in a house for silver and gold and jewellery and clothing, and you will put them on your sons and daughters, and so you will plunder the Egyptians. It's a famous story. It's part, the beginning, if you like, of the Exodus story. It's been retold by Hollywood and Disney in that film, The Prince of Egypt. And it's the story of God introducing himself, not just to Moses, but to the entire people of Israel. And I want us to think for a moment, who is it that is introduced? Who is it that Moses meets by that burning bush? Well, the first thing, and the obvious thing is this, is the thing that's fascinated people for millennia since, is that the God who introduces himself has a name. It's obscured a little bit in our English translations. More often than not, in our Bibles, the name, Yahweh, is, is written down as Lord in capital letters. It comes out of a tradition of wanting uh, to have reverence for the name of God, of, of a fear, perhaps, of uttering that name in, a, in an unworthy matter. But there, we read it. Who has sent me? Who shall I say has sent me? I am who I am. I am has sent you. Yahweh, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, the God of Abraham, has sent you. And that might not strike you necessarily as being a big deal, but it is a big deal. Because so many in our world conceive of God as being some sort of impersonal force. God of being a, an, an idea rather than a person. 
But here God speaks his name, reveals himself, introduces a person to Moses. I am. You know, when God called Moses here in Exodus 3, this is what Moses said. I am here. But when God speaks, he simply declares, I am. And this name for who God is, Yahweh, is used so many more times in the scriptures than any other description of God. Very often we will just use that simple word, God, won't we? That there was a word for God, Elohim or El in Hebrew. In the Old Testament alone, the the word Elohim, as in to speak of a God, is used about two and a half thousand times. But the name of God, Yahweh, this one out of all the gods who may or may not exist, this one is used nearly seven thousand times. The point being that they weren't just supposed to know the idea of God. Or, 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 or consider some force who had impacted the world in some impersonal way. They weren't even just to know him as some generic deity, but a specific person with a name that carries his unique character and his mission. I am. Not a God who is with reference to anyone or anything else at that point. You know, when I was describing Iwan to you before, it was in reference to, perhaps I might do it in terms of his family. Oh, I know some people from Cardigan. Uh, who's he related to? Is he of this Rob family? Or it might be in relation to something that he had done or uh, uh, achieved. That he has come now to be in Amford rather than being there in Cardiff. But when God declares himself, when God introduces himself, when God reveals himself, it is simply this. And it's more than a simple fact. He is. I am. Not dependent, but the source of all things. That is remarkable. That there isn't an impersonal force governing things. In our modern world, sometimes we just speak of the universe. You must have heard people saying that, wouldn't you? The universe will have it this way. The universe will have it another way. It's impersonal. It's, it, it's not thinking. It's not, it's not um, relational as you and I. But God turns up and says, I have a name. I am a person. I am the one who is introducing myself to you. But it's not just a name. And that's what really excites me this morning as I read this passage. It's not just simply a name. Because what God introduces himself here is a character. It's a personality, what he has like. Did you spot it? That when he's introducing himself, when he's revealing himself to Moses, he says several things. I have surely seen the affliction of my people. He's a seeing God. I have heard their cry. He's a hearing God. I have come down. He's a responding God. To deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians. He's a rescuing God. Do you see how when God introduces himself to Moses, he doesn't just share a bare name. There's plenty that could be learnt from that. But he reveals to to Moses what, what God himself is like, what Yahweh is like. 
I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm responding. I'm a saving God. And so now, and now only can Moses say, I know God. He doesn't know all about God. There are later stories to come of Moses finding out more about God as God continues to introduce, continues to reveal himself. Like any good relationships that we have, we begin to know someone and as time passes, as experience flow, as people open up, open themselves up, we get to know them better. Moses will get to know God better, but what does he know now when God introduces himself? That there is one. There is our God above and distinct and beyond all other gods who sees, who hears, who comes, who responds to deliver and rescue. What's more important even than that, perhaps by way of application for us this morning, the answer to the so what question, if you like, is that when Moses learns something about God, it changes his life. Because Moses had had this idea in the past that he might be the one who would rise up, who would lead the people from from underneath the boot of the oppressive Egyptians. That the first story we get of Moses is of spotting this oppression. If you like, the cry coming up to Moses and his response is in his own might to go and to kill the Egyptian who was doing the oppressing. But it doesn't go well, he flees for his life, and now he spent 40 years in the wilderness being a farmer, being a shepherd of sheep. But when God turns up, when God introduces himself to Moses, when God helps Moses to see that he, Yahweh, is one who sees, hears, responds, moves, and saves, it calls for Moses to change the rest of his life. He invites Moses to become a part of what God is doing, what God is being. To live in the world now where God is active and rescuing. I love that. That the truth, the revelation of God, knowing God means that Moses' life is changed. Changed forever. I am going to do this. Go. Uh, do it in my name. I am calling you. And I think that that shows us something, a really important truth for every single one of us, is that we cannot encounter God. We cannot be introduced to God and have things stay as they were. The knowledge of God, if it really is that relational things, means things will change. You know, if If I just tell you about God, then you can receive that information. You can believe that information and you can remain utterly unmoved. But if God introduces himself to you, if God opens your eyes and your minds and your hearts to the truth about him, then you are changed. So many of us in this place, Amford Evangelical Church, can bear witness and testimony to the fact that when God has introduced himself to us, we have been deeply affected and changed. So I want to finish up quickly by asking and answering this question. How can we then know him more? Is it just a case of hanging around? waiting by the mountain, 
going off out into the fields like Moses did and waiting for the bush to, to be set ablaze and not to burn and for God to stand there in front of us and say, see, I am. Is that how we get to know God better? Well, in one sense, yes. I mean, unless God is at work, unless God is introducing, then all we are having is other people, folks, telling us about what God is, or worse still, us pondering and thinking and philosophizing our way to God. But that's that's no God at all. That's no true God. That's not the God that is. That's the God that we invent. So in one sense, yes, we have to wait for God to work, for God to move, for God to reveal. But the good news is that God is constantly at work doing that. God's desire is that each and every one of us would know him and know him more. If we're about knowing him more, then, well, the good news, God is in that. So how can we know him more when God introduces himself? Well, we've been looking, haven't we? as a church in our home groups, in our rooted groups, at the letter to the Hebrews, which begins so beautifully with this description of the God who has revealed in former days, in so many ways, weird and wonderful ways, he's introduced himself to generations and generations of people. But in these last days in which we now live, he has revealed himself supremely in the Son in Jesus Christ. For us today to know God more is to know Jesus more. To know Jesus more is to know God more. Because God decided that this is how he is going to reveal who he is by taking on flesh and living and walking and dying and rising to life again in our world. We don't need to guess as to who God is because we have in God's word the story of Jesus's life and ministry and death and resurrection. We even have quotations from his own lips, things, declarations that he made about himself. We are going to be studying over the next couple of weeks these grand statements when Jesus says, I am declaring who he is. And what he is like. So if we want to know God more. Then we really have to know Jesus more. Because God has said this is how I'm going to introduce myself to you. It would be like Ewan Rob saying. Do you know what? If you guys want to know me. Well then I'm, I'm hosting a lunch. Or I'm hosting a dinner. And you're all invited. And then I'm going to introduce myself to all of you. He will have decided how he can introduce himself. And if we want to know him, that's what we'll do. God wants us to know him through the Son, through Jesus Christ. The follow-up question, of course, is, well, then how do we know Jesus more? And it's a simple question with a simple answer. And I know that we all know it already, but we know him through his word, the Bible. Now, we can sort of mystify the Bible. We can speak big of it in terms of, of the scriptures and uh, the word of God. But th this, is, this is what God presents it as, as his word. The means by which he continues to reveal by his spirit who he is to people who aren't by a bush or in Galilee in 30 AD. Stories of, of how he has dealt with people. 
how he has involved himself, how he has seen and heard and come and rescued for generations, for centuries, time after time again. We get to know Jesus more through his word. And I don't just mean the red bits in some of our Bibles. There's another um, tradition, if you like, where, where folks take the literal words recorded and spoken by Jesus in the Gospels and I think it, uh, later on then in Revelation as well, and they colour them red so that people can quickly access them. I don't just mean that's where we come to know Jesus, although that is where we will be spending the majority of our time the next eight weeks, but all the scriptures. Some of those words in red come from Jesus' own mouth, and he says that these scriptures, which others are searching because they believe in them they find life, are the very scriptures, he says, that testify to him. This is how God has ordained it, that we would come to know him as he speaks to us, as he reveals himself, as he introduces himself to us through his word, the scriptures. As we meet Jesus on every single page of our Bibles. So I just want to leave you this morning with this challenge, that when we open our Bibles, which we should do, we all know we should do, we all come with different expectations. I wonder whether we can have more and more and more this expectation that we will encounter him, that we will meet him, that what we're reading is his introduction of himself to us. And more than that, that having come to know him more and more, we will be changed. It's not just finding out that we're about here at Amford Evangelical Church. It's not just finding out about God and about Jesus that God is about, Yahweh is about. But it's introducing, it's revealing, and it's inviting folks into what God is about. When we open our Bibles, what do we expect? I think sadly some of us expect to be bored. And there are boring aspects, I suppose, if we read it in certain lights. Some of us are expecting to be just given simple rules, um, clever ideas to, to help us to live better lives, uh, to, to be blessed. I think we need to come to our Bibles expecting to meet him, to encounter him and to be changed. I'm going to pray and I'm going to be asking that over the next couple of months, eight or nine weeks as we go through the I am statements and we take the time to listen to God and who he is introducing himself to us, what that means for each and every one of us, that we would also be meeting him in these words, that we would be invited in, that we would be responding, that we would be changed. Lord God, I thank you that you are a God who wants to be known, that you are a God who reveals himself. It's not simply down to us passing on information, but it's you at work in each of us, helping us to see and helping us to know. Lord, my prayer as well is that we would be changed. Just as Moses, his life was forever changed, taken from the field to leading the people to the promised land, Lord. I pray that our lives would be changed too. That what we were like yesterday, in our ignorance of you, as we walk into more and more relationship with you, Lord, we would be transformed and changed for your glory. Amen.